This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Science Notes, a programme on Otago Access Radio brought to you by the Science News and Promotion Group at the University of Otago. Join me, Dave McMorrin, as I chat with graduate science students. We'll find out about their research, why they do science at all, and what music they enjoy. Science Notes, Thursdays from 6.30 till 7pm, only on Otago Access Radio. Well, good evening and welcome to Science Notes for another week. My name's Dave McMorrin and it's the Christmas uh, show for 2022. And students are all away on holidays, as they should be, and so it's just me. And I thought for this Christmas show, I might do something a little bit different. Um, Most of the time on Science Notes, we're talking to students about what they do for their research and how they've ended up being scientists and what their plans are for the future and so on. And along the way, I have intimated details about my own journey in science, but never really talked in properly about my background and how I ended up where I am now and how I ended up doing this radio show. And so I thought for this year, I would um, play a couple of bits of music of mine and talk a little bit about my science journey up to this point. And so we'll start with a piece of music. Um, It's Christmas, and so I do have a Christmas carol at the end, um, but I thought I might try and find some themed music. And um, there's not many songs out there that I could find that talk about uh, frankincense or myrrh, but there's lots of songs that talk about gold and here is one of them.
to Science Notes on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM. We're in this Christmas episode, we're talking about me. So, how is it that I ended up being a senior teaching fellow at the University of Otago? Well, so Otago, for those of you who might not know, is uh, in the city of Dunedin, which is at the bottom end of New Zealand in the South Island. And that's where I was born. I was born here in 1970. I went to school here all the way through. And then when I finished at Kaikarai Valley High School, I rather unimaginatively, if I'm honest, came straight to University of Otago, which is just out, um, just over the hill, really, from where I was, um, where I went to school and where I lived. At the time, I was tossing up between just doing university or potentially joining the Air Force. And the Air Force in New Zealand at that time um, had an officer training scheme where they would pay for you to go to university um, and do a degree as part of your training. Um, In the end, I didn't do that, and probably it's just as well, because it turns out I get relatively um, airsick when I'm I'm flying just in normal commercial planes, let alone um, in things that go very fast. So I ended up just doing a science degree. I did, um, as as many students who I've talked we've talked to on the show over the years um, did. I started off doing um, sort of first year medical type degree, the papers that you would do if you wanted to be a doctor or a dentist or something. But that was never really um, my interest. My marks were good enough that I could have done that, but it was never really something that interested me. What I was interested in when I came was chemistry and physics, and that was on the basis of the very good teachers that I had at high school. Um, my chemistry teacher in particular um, was an excellent teacher and um, really got me interested in doing chemistry. When I got here, the physics turned out to be um, a lot more mathsy than I was really up for, so I continued on with chemistry and ended up doing a, a, a BSc, a Bachelor in Science, and majoring in chemistry. When I was finished with that, I did a summer studentship in the department, so I got to come in and work over the summer, um, doing working in one of the research groups, and really enjoyed that. And so I came back to do what's called an honours degree, which is one um, year more of doing research. And 
when I went into that year, I thought, well, the research I'm enjoying. But by then I was also starting to think that I quite enjoyed doing teaching. And so I thought, well, I'll give this year a go, see how the research goes. If I like the research, I'll stay on. And if I don't like the research, I'll go and become a school teacher. And so I stayed on and uh, I really enjoyed the research. It went well, which always helps. And so at the end of that honours year, I came back to start a PhD. And so I spent another three and a half years doing a PhD here at Otago, uh, working with Lyle Hanton, um, Professor now, Lyle Hanton. And that research was in the area of um, <clears throat> what's called coordination chemistry. So I was interested in making compounds that were uh, had metals in them. For me in particular, those metals were nickel and palladium and platinum, which all fall in one of the groups of the periodic table and so have similar but not always the same properties. And I was combining those with other molecules which contained arsenic and that was a bit um, it, this arsenic chemistry was something that Lyle had um, learnt in his honours year from his supervisor who had in turn learnt it in his PhD from a group in England which um, a very important research group uh, who did a lot of work with arsenic chemistry um, back in the 50s, 60s, 70s um, that work was very interesting I got to learn how to do a bunch of interesting techniques. A lot of the arsenic compounds are very sensitive to air, so I had to learn how to make the molecules um, under inert atmosphere, as we call it. So filling up all the reaction flasks full of nitrogen or argon gas. Can't have any oxygen in there because the oxygen would react with the things that we were trying to make and turn them into something else. So I had to learn how to do all those sorts of techniques um, and then also a lot of the analysis involved doing um, measurements at, at very low temperatures and at very high temperatures. So at the end of the three and a half years um, I'd learned how to make a bunch of things and I'd learned how to work out the, what those things were and how they behaved in a variety of different conditions. And so I got to the end of the three and a half years and then I thought about what next and so I applied for for jobs and stuff around the place and ended up getting accepted for a postdoctoral position as it's called at the University of Chicago working with a guy called Bryce Bosnich who's an Australian chemist quite a well-known Australian chemist um, who even though he'd been uh, in Canada for a long time and then had moved down to Chicago um, was still very keen where he could to get New Zealand and Australian um, postdocs and PhD students and so I was kind of lucky there, so my wife and I moved across to Chicago in 1996, April I think of 1996. And we spent a year in Hyde Park, which is a suburb just, just in sort of the near south side of Chicago, not south enough that it gets a bit exciting, um, but south enough that it was, it was quite an interesting place, certainly very different to Dunedin, which is where I'd lived the whole time up till then. And over there, the plan initially was to do what's called biomimetic chemistry, which is trying to make molecules which mimic molecules found in nature. Things like enzymes, which are able to catalyze um, interesting reactions in a very specific and a very useful way, if we can find some way to do it in the lab, um, 
a lot of people try and make molecules that look as much as possible like the enzyme in the hope that they will do the same thing. Boz was always about the idea of trying to make a molecule that did the same thing and if it looked the same then that was a happy coincidence but it was more about mimicking the function rather than mimicking what the molecules looked like. And so I was trying to make um, molecules that, that mimicked um, a certain process. Um, the enzyme itself was the one that you find as an oxygen-carrying protein in things like crabs and horseshoe crabs and lobsters. Um, in, in mammals, uh, that protein is hemoglobin, and hemoglobin has an iron um, in the middle of it, which is what gives it the red colour. In crabs and lobsters and such, um, that's, the related protein has a copper in it, and so the molecule is blue and so these, these creatures have blue blood. And it was that protein, that, that hemoglobin cousin, if you like, that we were looking at and trying to make molecules that mimicked the function of. And so that was the plan, and so, so I did that for the first six months of the year that I was there. And then in the second six months, um, I pretty much spent the whole time writing grant proposals, um, which in America are very long, involved things, 40, 50 pages long. Um, and then the time finished, and it was before the money from all the grants came in. In the end, a lot of the money did come in, and there was lots of money, but it didn't come in time for me to stay. And so we came back to New Zealand after a year and a day, a year and a week, I think it was, in Chicago. And then I ended up getting a job up at Canterbury University, which is in Christchurch, which is still in the South Island, but further north, um, working with a guy called Peter Steele. And this is where I started doing what's called metallosupramolecular chemistry, seriously. Um, Peter's was really the first group in New Zealand to, to, to do this sort of chemistry. Um, it's become very important now. Everyone in New Zealand, all the departments in New Zealand have people doing this sort of stuff. But, but Peter's group was really the first. And I was kind of getting in just as that was getting going. And so we were trying to make molecules which, again, had metals in them. But now they were trying, we were trying to make molecules which were, in my case, sort of three-dimensional things, which had cavities inside them that you could put smaller molecules inside. And along the course of, the, of, of my study there, um, we were lucky enough to make the first example of what now is called an M2L4 cage. So two metals and then four other molecules which linked the two metals together, kind of like a lantern, some people call these lantern molecules now, um, where you have a gap in the middle, and in that gap you could put some smaller molecule, and as people have found now, by putting the smaller molecule inside the larger molecule, you can affect the properties and the reactivities of the smaller molecule. And so in that way you are kind of, again, mimicking the sorts of things that enzymes can do in nature. And so we, um, I made the first example of one of these molecules, we got this published in a very, um, in the top journal in the world, it was all very exciting, um, it probably still counts as my, my, my main, probably now only real contribution to chemistry in general. Um, we did, I did a bunch of other things up there as well. Um, we were there for six and a half years in Christchurch doing that, it was a very good time, enjoyed it a lot up there. Um, but then again, the money ran out, and so um, that was when the job here became advertised, and the job here was 
in part, well, the job strictly was a teaching job. Um, there was research involved. Because I had a research background, I was encouraged to come down here and, and do some research as well. But the job fundamentally was a teaching job. Interestingly, the person who had retired and, and vacated the job that without, such that it was now being advertised was my old high school teacher because um, she had left the school and come down to the university and had had this job um, for a number of years, really. And then she retired and then I came down and ended up getting the job that she'd had. And so the job here really, the, the main thing is, is teaching in first year chemistry. And at Otago, there's two papers that we run in first year, and one of them is part of the so-called Health Sciences First Year Program. And that's the paper that typically has about 2,000, or a little bit less these days, maybe 1,800 students take that paper. And so there's a lot of teaching to be done, there's a lot of admin to be done, and that is the thing that takes up most of my time for the first half of the year. Um, I also am involved in teaching in a paper in the second semester, in the second half of the year, a much smaller paper, more specifically for students who are planning on going on to do chemistry or other science degrees. In first semester, most of the students are wanting to get into medicine or dentistry or physiotherapy or things like that. And in many cases, they, they aren't successful with that, so then they go off and do something else completely. But there's a core who are in that paper wanting to do chemistry and then we get those guys again in the second semester and then hopefully they continue on into second and third year and do degrees. And so that's the main part really of what I do these days. Um, I don't really do research anymore. I have done, I, in, the, in the past I've been able to do research here. I've had some research students. I've graduated two master's students and a PhD and an honours student who came back and did a PhD. So I actually have had a PhD student graduate from my um, doing my research and then two, two master's students as well. Um, but these days I'm, I've kind of stepped back from doing the research and increasingly I'm interested in doing things like this radio show. The radio show has been running since 2010 and I kind of first got doing this. I, I've done a lot of outreach as we would call it stuff, um, you know, doing things in schools and, and going out of Dunedin to do show chemistry experiments and to do things um, with school kids for a long time. Um, even when I was at, at um, Canterbury a bit. But um, the radio show kind of came about because my father-in-law, who was a church minister in Dunedin, was involved in the radio church program at what was then called Taroa Radio, now called Otago Access Radio. And so he would go along and record shows for Sunday mornings. My wife would go along and help out. And um, that kind of made me aware of the radio station and then aware that there wasn't really a science program on it. And I thought, well, we could do that. The university's full of people doing interesting research. Um, and I thought do talking to students rather than talking to staff would be more interesting. Um, and so we started in May of 2010, and when we first started it was all very organised and we used to have training sessions for students and they would practice in pairs talking to each other about what they do. But it kind of became clear to me that that was probably wasn't really necessary. The students who we had on seemed perfectly able to talk about their research and I seemed to be able to be quite good at talking to them about it in a way that made it accessible to people out there listening, like you, hopefully. And so we've been doing the radio show now for 
um, 10 and a half years, 11 and a half years, 12 and a half, 12 and a half years, my word. And I believe, if I'm keeping up, this is actually show number 240. So we've done lots of shows. Like I say, mostly talking to students, not all. Sometimes it's just me wittering on about chemistry, but most of the time it's giving the students a chance to talk about what they're doing in a format which is very different to what they're used to. Many of them get up and talk in conferences, but then they have PowerPoint slides and pictures and videos and stuff. Having to talk about what they're doing without the visual stuff is very new for a lot of students doing science. And um, I think it's very valuable. And certainly I enjoy it a lot. I've learned a lot over the years talking to the students about the stuff that's going on around the university. Um, and I hope that you, as people listening, have also enjoyed and learned a lot as well. We will finish for this show and indeed for 2022 with A Christmas Carol. And in some ways, this is possibly my favorite Christmas carol, but unfortunately the only version of it that I could find was a version sung by Josh Groban. And I'm not normally a very big fan of him, but this is actually quite a nice version of this Christmas carol. So we'll finish with this. I'll wish you a happy Christmas, and hopefully we will meet again in 2023 to talk to more students and learn more science. Thanks for listening, everyone. For the slave is
This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.